This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. It's brought to you by The Athletic and The Square Ball. Dan here from The Square Ball. Phil Hay, of course, from The Athletic, who is on Zoom on a beautiful Monday morning in West Yorkshire. And a reminder that for a limited time, you can get 15% off the big three legal services. That's wills, probate and conveyancing with Levi Solicitors. Just head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash Monday Club to take advantage of that discount. Or you can quote Monday Club when you contact Levi's. You can also get 10% off your legal fees on everything else legal services for both you personally and for your business, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash Monday Club. Hello, Phil. You all right? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. Yeah. Um, should we start the show off? Before we hit the 15-minute timer, I don't want to use up some precious seconds um, of our allocated 15-minute debrief of the weekend's game. Let's play a clip of what we said on the Phil Hay Show over on the Athletic feed towards the back end of the week because stopped clock and all that. Got it absolutely spot on. I just don't think I particularly fancy Leeds to win this, but I wonder if an afternoon of madness might end in a two-all draw or something like that. And and we, what will you, happen would you, is, would you be what will happen is that? we will come home exhausted. That's what will oh, happen without a doubt. Two-two exhausted. Phil, fifteen minutes starts now. It always amuses me whenever anybody, any player or manager comes to Leeds because no matter what they think about Leeds, they don't actually know what Leeds are until they get in the door. And then it usually takes about a week or two for them to fully discover. And I was looking at Allardyce after Newcastle's penalty um, for the one all, And I was thinking, aha, you see, this is this is it. And this is what you have to cope with. This is what you, you're going to have to live with for as long as you're, you're here inside the building. I don't know. Every club and every fan base think that there are, you know, that, that their club are kind of unique in having things that define them or things going wrong. But at Leeds, it actually seems to be true. And that passage of play from Bamford's missed penalty to Wilson finishing his within about three minutes at the other end of the pitch was just Leeds United as we've all come to to understand it. I think, you know, joking aside, critical moment in the game, critical moment in the season, um, again, one that, you know, we, we, we're now firmly at the stage where there's no way of knowing for sure whether that is a good point on Saturday or or whether it's two very, very big points dropped. I think because of the way it went with the penalty, it was a game Leeds should have won. And I think they would have won it from 2-0 up. I, I, I would, have, would have felt quite confident about that. But if they stay up by a point, then you'll say that, that a draw at home to Newcastle was a really good result because they, they are a really efficient, competent team, Newcastle. I, I feel like they've got good, high-quality players from front to back. But they are still missing, and perhaps this is going to come for them with the extra investment that they'll get and, and Champions League football if it materialises. They are still lacking that little bit of stardust, I think, that little bit of elite class that means that games like that, which from 2-1 up, they should they should have won. They should have taken three points from get away from you. 
But it was gutsy from Leeds. It was brave. It needed to be. And in general, Allardyce got everything that he was looking for. He, he wanted them to score first. He wanted them to make sure that they didn't lose. He wanted them to make sure that if they conceded or they went behind, it didn't develop into, you know, 3-0, 4-0, 5-0, um, a total capitulation. So in, in a lot of respects, it, it ticked the boxes. But they are still bottom three and we're down to two games now. Patrick Bamford then. Quick chat about that. And yeah. He must have been the most confident man in the stadium with that penalty because I'm not sure anybody else wanted him to take it. Bless him. Uh, I'm not sure that the, the confidence you sometimes see in Bamford's body language or in, in what he does is necessarily reflected in the football that he's playing. I don't think there is a huge amount of confidence in the football he's playing. And I did feel like a lot of other people that Rodrigo should have taken that penalty. Um, Rodrigo is the player who's been scoring most recently, scoring most regularly the player out of the two of them who would consider himself to to be in form. And it's not as if Bamford hasn't missed a penalty already this season. I mean, there was obviously people will have seen the, the statement that Leeds released yesterday about the abuse that, that Bamford was taking on social media. And it does seem fairly remarkable that there is with some people this inability to critique footballers without going over the over the top. It was a bad penalty. It was it was a costly mess. It, I think it did cost Leeds a win on the day. But I said on Thursday, and I still maintain this, that there's a much bigger picture here. And the bigger picture is the fact that, you know, two years on from Bamford at his peak as we saw him, you know, the end of that Premier League season when he got his England cap and and he was scoring regularly um, in this division, they're still reliant on him in, in desperate circumstances. You know, the, the, the close to going down, they need points urgently. And it's Bamford who's at nine, despite the fact that for two years, Injuries have been a big problem for him. Form's been a big problem for him. He, he hasn't been been scoring. And I do just think it's all symptomatic of Leeds' inability to move forward properly, certainly from Bielsa's, the end of Bielsa's first season in the Premier League. But really, if we're being honest from the point of promotion, you know, you, you look back now to 2020 and you consider what could have been built from that point onwards um, in comparison to what actually has been built now as we stand three years on. And... The, the fact that you are still going back to the well to people like Bamford and also Adam Forshaw. I mean, Allardyce really spoke him up after the Manchester City game and you could tell from what he was saying that he would like Forshaw to play every single minute of every single game that's left because clearly in his mind, you know, of the midfielders who are available, Forshaw is the most dependable option if he was 100%. But the problem with Forshaw is that he isn't 100%. So on Saturday, Allardyce wasn't able to play him from the start. I brought him on at half time because he... He felt that that was needed. And I, I did think Forshaw had a, a decent game in that spell. But again, it's it's like having this ideal image of your head of what could work, as opposed to looking at how it's actually been for a few years now. And should at this stage you still be relying too heavily on Bamford, on Adam Forshaw, on, on people like that? I, I don't think you should. I think it puts undue pressure on them. Um, and it comes back to the fact that lead squad building over the last couple of years has just not been good enough. And perhaps the idea that the form of players who were in form would just continue indefinitely. And it, yeah. it's never linear like that, is it, Phil? No, and, and is, is there really much of a difference between Bamford and, say, Ilan Melier? You know, if, if you can see goals at the rate that Melier has been, whether or not it's his fault, you know, whether or not you blame him for that or whether it's a, you know, more to do with the wider structure of the team, it's like the, the water on stone effect, the drip, drip, drip that chips away at your confidence. And I guess if you're a centre-forward who has spent two years a, trying to get fit, but B, looking for goals that aren't really coming. And also, you know, influential goals, goals that are winning matches or are, are picking up big points. And, and there isn't enough of that. 
then it has to get into your head eventually. And I never, ever subscribe to this idea that Bamford is, is indifferent about it or that it doesn't matter to him or anything like that. I don't I don't believe that. And there was a very good piece on The Athletic talking about Leicester um, over the weekend. And the, the, the insinuation that's been thrown at Leicester's players that they don't care enough, you know, that they're, they're not bothered. And, OK, there must be some players in a relegation battle who aren't putting it in properly and, and you know, who are, who are phoning in performances and, and, and kind of, you know, indifferent either way as to what happens. But I think, as a rule, clubs who are involved in relegation fights are poor teams. You know, poor teams who are made to look poor by results and performances. And teams who look poor are less likely to look highly motivated than, than teams who are playing well. It's, it's a kind of fact. So I don't doubt that Bamford thought he was going to score that or felt that he could score that on Saturday. But it was the wrong decision. And perhaps somebody perhaps somebody on the pitch should have saved him from himself by saying to Rodrigo, listen, you're the one who's been scoring goals all season. You take it. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Who's going to save us from Junior Furpo then? Talk me through your view of his afternoon. Blimey. <laughs> I thought it was a penalty. I thought it was a penalty. I know there was a, a slight nudge in the back, but if your hand's up like that, then quite honestly, if the ball hits it, you're not going to get away with it, are you? I, I thought... Okay, he you know he, he was there to win the penalty, good um, underlapping run that Greenwood found, but lost his footing for Newcastle's first penalty. I thought he was quite lucky not to get sent off for the studs up tackle, which was not a good one. I thought he could have had a second yellow for that handball for the penalty, and he deserved to go for the foul on Anthony Gordon. And it was saving grace that that was fractionally outside the box, which it was. That was definitely not a penalty kick. That. But all round, it was a nightmare of an afternoon, really, wasn't it? And another position that Leeds are going to have to have to address and look at when the summer comes. Are you um, able to tell us whether that was a second yellow or a straight red? Because the ref in the stadium produced the second yellow, yet a lot of places are reporting it as a, as a straight red. I was under the impression it was a second yellow card. Yeah, um, I'm just waiting to for the, um, the FA's website to update today, although it won't make any difference when it comes to the length of the suspension. It would be a one game for a straight red anyway. It's It would be three games for violent conduct or serious foul play if you get a straight red. But for anything like a professional foul, um, it, it's one game. So it would be him out of West Ham one way or the other. But as I say, I thought he was 
I thought he was quite lucky to to be on the pitch at that stage anyway, and it was not a good day for him. He's been toying with a red card for for many months, hasn't he, as uh, as Junior yes. Firpo? In, in terms of the, the refereeing performance then, I messaged you towards the back end of that game and said, I don't know what you think, but it feels like the refs lost control of this. And I know fans, we always moan about the refs giving us stuff and not giving, giving us stuff. And I, you know, I say that from a position of not being quite sure what he got right, what he got wrong, but it just never felt like he he had a proper handle on the game. And I said on like on, on our coverage on the match ball, he was giving like he was giving everything. And then there were times when he was giving nothing as well. He was letting things slide and you never you were never quite sure what it was going to be. What what did you make of it all? I just think a game like that is incredibly difficult to referee. And I, I sit and watch it and think rather them than me, really. I didn't think it was an especially bad refereeing performance. And I did think, you know, obviously VAR was there as a as a safety net, which it kind of needed to be. But I thought the I thought mostly the big decisions he went for were, were right. You know, he, he didn't see the handball or he didn't award the handball, but VAR picked up on that. But he did get the foul on Firpo, which to be honest was so blatant that it, you, you couldn't miss it. But but also Verba's challenge at the other end, once you watched it back, you thought, oh, it's definitely a penalty. You know, there's absolutely no no question about that at all. I, I, I do think in, in that sort of game where the, the dynamic of it was was pretty fascinating because you could see at various points of the game Leeds thinking to themselves, point would be okay here, but actually it's somewhere down, somewhere down the line we've got to win a game and we're right in this. And as time goes on and it's one all or it's two all, it's two one, whatever else, you've got a chance. So you have to start trying to decide, is this the moment to gamble? You know, even though it's Newcastle, even though Newcastle are way ahead of you in the table, once the game got a bit chaotic as it did towards the end, you know, and, and start to get frantic, does it just become a kind of 50-50 shootout where somebody could nick this and it could go either way? And it did begin to feel like that. But it felt like that even more because you could tell that Newcastle were not happy with the draw. You could tell them thinking, if we want to finish top four, this isn't going to do us a huge amount of good. You know, chances are Manchester United will close in and then Liverpool play Leicester tonight. Um, it could all start getting very, very dicey for them. So because there was so much riding on it and because it was so high octane, I think that's just a really difficult game to to referee and quite honestly I would say that I've seen far worse refereeing performances this season that's true yeah and um, the way you describe the game there is like a 50-50 I'd, I would agree with that if there wasn't so much riding on it it would have been a really really entertaining afternoon I think from a, a neutral perspective well there was still I mean this is it isn't it you know it, it's it, it's weird it strikes me as constantly odd how much we all hate football despite how much we're all invested in it you know it does <laughs> kill everybody but bit by bit but it's you know, those games, because there is so much at stake and because you can feel it right from the off, you sort of end up loving them, regardless of, of how it goes. I don't know. I mean, I, I I think Allardyce has been really pragmatic in the first two games. And and probably we, we spoke a lot about Javi Gracia's pragmatism initially, but he's probably been even more pragmatic than Gracia in saying, look, we've absolutely got to be in these games. You know, obviously the, the, you can see the tactics that are going on. You can see what he's doing. But he's quite clearly saying to the players, just don't let these get away from you. You know, don't let the games run away from you to the point where you've no chance of taking anything from it. Just hang in and hope that a little bit of quality, a little bit of ability here and there is going to make the difference. And I don't think it deserved to work at City. It almost did late on because of the, the way their finishing went. Um, I think Leeds would have been pretty lucky to get out of that with anything at all. But I thought they were worth the point on Saturday. I didn't think, I didn't feel... It felt as if Newcastle were constantly on the cusp of creating things that actually never really materialised. Constantly in positions or constantly on the cusp of creating chances, but then just not. Um, and it wasn't that they didn't have any, you know, they, they 
they, I think they'll feel they, they played pretty well um, over the 90 minutes but it was it was just a it was just a good game but in the circumstances you can never just sit back and say oh that was good wasn't it because you know nothing's riding on it and it wasn't all just kick and rush either was it there were some passages of, no. uh, of good play as well it's not just long ball booting it up front no and I, I did think you, you saw a very different approach to the City game Allardyce has said beforehand Newcastle playing a very different way it's not going to be the same and and it absolutely wasn't. But he seems very adamant, listening to him speak afterwards, that this will go down to the last day and it will be riding on the Tottenham game. And it feels like it's go- it's going that way, doesn't it? Um, very, very hard to predict what's going to happen this weekend coming up. And obviously Leicester play tonight, so that could make a difference depending on, on what happens with them. But you do get the feeling that we're going to come away from West Ham on Sunday with everything, everything staked on the last day again. I was going to say, I mean, we've got just over a minute left just to give you a, a heads up on that, Phil, but I've been convinced for a long time, just because of how the football gods treat Leeds United, that this was always going to go down to the last day. And I, and I, and I don't believe it. I'm not fatalistic in the slightest, but I knew this would go to the last day and it's it's all pointing towards it, isn't it? It makes you think you, it makes you, think you shouldn't have bothered. You know, you should have just <laughs> scrapped 37 games this season and everybody turned up on the, the last weekend of May um, or the... the the last weekend of the season in May and gone for gold and, and seen what happened. Um, but I'm I'm with you. I mean, I suppose there are circumstances in which, you know, Leeds, Leeds could be down um, effectively or, or officially at the weekend, but it just just doesn't really feel like it's it's going that way. And I, I think Allardyce will come out of that Newcastle game feeling pretty optimistic about getting something at West Ham. West Ham were fairly dismal against Brentford and, you know, are, are, are safe, they won't go down of European football to think about still. Um, I think you'll see a big a big opportunity there. I I very much doubt that Allardyce will want to go into the Tottenham game um with it being with the, the odds being ludicrous against Leeds. You know, I think he'll want to give them the chance after West Ham of actually being in a position where they can do it without needing to rely on anything else well. Only a few seconds over there, Phil. I think we'll um, we'll call that one a point on the board. We did all right there. 15-minute analysis of the of the weekend's game. It's tough with Leeds United sometimes, isn't it, to try and get it all into 15 minutes because so much happens all it the is. time. It is. It's never just playing 1-0 win and everybody goes, oh, that was nice, and then <laughs> and then heads off. But I do think I, I do think that's the case. I think Allardyce will have it in his head, not only get to the last day of the season, but get to the last day of the season and know that if you win and you beat Tottenham, you're up no matter what. I think that'll be very much on his mind. Yeah, um, and it's it's going to be a game for the ages, isn't it? If we uh, if we find those circumstances unfold, but we'll uh, we'll park that one for another week. We've got the Phil Hayes show back end of this week, where you, me, and Michael will get together and we will preview the West Ham game and see what's in store there. It's gonna it's just going to be the same same again, isn't it? Like whatever we said last <laughs> week, we'll be saying it again for this week. Cannot wait. <laughs> we'll speak soon, Phil. Thank you, and we'll speak to you towards the back end of the week. See you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.